in five, four, three, two, one. Cheers. 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 Already finished my first drink, so I'm gonna pop open the second one. Jesus Christ. And here Jesus we go. Christ. And by popping up the new one, welcome listeners to another Wine Thursday podcast where some of us will be drinking some wine or other beverages, but definitely all of us will be talking some shit. And if you haven't already, before we continue with this episode, follow us on our YouTube channel, subscribe. Also, subscribe to our Spotify, Apple Music, and also recently our Google Podcasts as well. You can lay down a subscription for your support. And even follow us on the Discord server for updates and even letting us know for any topic suggestions you have for future episodes. But with that, I am one of your co-hosts, Mario, and I'm here with Avery. Hey, everybody. Aya. Hello. And Bryn. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so... First and foremost, I just wanted to say that our last episode, episode 19, about mental health from a POSV perspective, we just want to thank you guys for 1.8 thousand views on our first week, which is probably the most views we've had in a video versus the first 18 combined, in all due respects. So we appreciate you guys for listening. I feel like a lot of people just had to relate to this episode. And if you guys haven't checked it out yet, please, by all means, check out episode 19. We had a special guest kit, one of Bryn's friends come by, and we had a lot of good conversation. But mental health is kind of a nice little leeway to things that may or may not have configured our lifestyles moving forward with our life. Everyone always talks about the whole idea of live your life with an optimistic mind. You power forward and you have no regrets. But sometimes there are times in the day, maybe once in a while, maybe not as frequently, where you kind of sit down with yourself and you ponder what it would have been better to have known the information you had to learn the hard way at an earlier stage in your life. So today's episode is going to center something a little more wholesome, I guess you could say, about not just us discussing our opinions on what we could have done better knowing this information, but also a time for you to reflect on what you possibly would have wanted to know before you hit a certain age or a certain time in your life. And those things I'm talking about is if you had the opportunity right now in your current age to go back in time and warn your younger self about the things that were going to come up, whether it was your first love, rejection, your first job, friends and enemies, family issues, and all the above. Things that you just had to basically walk in with a hard head and just hope that things would be all right when you got through it. I'm going to go ahead and say, first off, how is everyone doing today? I think I'm just tired. I I'm doing okay, but like tired at the same time because this semester is kicking my butt and I just want it to be over. I think this spring semester for me has morphed back into the same feeling I had spring 2020 or I'm tired, the students are tired and I'm like, man, I just need vacation to be with like all of us again, which will happen soon. I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, it's weird. I'm tired and not at the same time. I think I just want to do work that isn't staring at a computer for 12 hours of the day, 12 plus hours. To go off of that, I am also very tired. This semester is also kicking my butt. And <laughs> I think it's also just, like, just the fact um, that it's like spring semester. 
and I'm really happy that like you know the sun's out longer the days are getting warmer is great but I'm stuck inside you know and like there's mm-hmm. a part of me where it's like you know I just want to get off of like the screen and just like go out and see all y'all again but we're in I'm like in like my last week technically of like classes slash like projects and finals due so it's like it's our last stretch we're pushing through I am also very tired I I mean just for today like today was a I was in and out of sleep basically like every hour so not a not great sleep today Avery you're you're lucky that you're in a profession where you get a vacation for a good amount of time like summer and like winter and stuff and like a lot of holidays whereas like you know a lot of other professions don't get them yeah i mean other than today i've been okay i think i'm seeing more of my friends who are also vaccinated i got to see my friend who's in the air force and he's leaving for another state for like a long period of time without being able to see us uh starting august so we're trying to maximize the time that we see him before we don't so yeah man it's been okay that's good insight y'all for me i would just say that going off of the whole vacation thing i don't have the luxury of saying that the entire summer is my vacation but i will make time to make some of it my vacation especially with work being more bare bones than it was before going back to the job hunt is very time consuming almost kind of dreading it because it's like another process that i have to go through again but uh any anything to get me out of the current situation would be great i am looking forward to at least meeting seeing all my vaccinated friends in the near future and hopefully staying out of trouble as well and luckily i unlike myself last year this year i have the funds to not really care too much about what i'm doing but thank you guys all for your wonderful insight on how you're doing as of recent moving forward towards the main topic of discussion now we did men- i did mention that there are some things that you would love to have known in the past but also there is an inverse dimension of this topic where the younger you would like to let you know in the future that about certain things that maybe you ponder as an adult wishing you were young again there were also times when we were young where we pondered what it would like to be an adult and sometimes we want to also tell our future self how it's like so instead of being somebody who teaches the young we also want to hear back from what it's like to be young like what is it that i don't have to worry about missing out that i can still do now like of course I can't say as a 10-year-old kid I can go back to hitting up the bars and drinking all the beer I want because that's illegal. But (laughs) you can definitely enjoy other things at your age now that you think you can only enjoy as a kid. Kind of like societal norms where it's like weird for grown-ass people to go to like like a Chuck E. Cheese, for example. You know, know, people like our age are just like, let's go hit up like, like a rock and jump or trampoline park or a ball pit, or go-karts, or do something stupid where you thought as a little kid was like your pure form of entertainment. And a lot of people just tell you to grow up, get past that, but you don't want to. Not because you can't, but because you don't want to. You're just capable of doing whatever you want. But starting the conversation first off, for everybody here, I will go first, but while I'm explaining my side of the story, 
what would you like to tell your younger self? And young doesn't necessarily have to be when you were like a toddler or somebody in elementary school. It could be as recent as like th two years ago. Two years ago is technically a younger self of you. But just think of like major times in your life where you felt if you would have known more knowledge on this, you would have avoided something conflicting in your lifetime. The first thing that comes off my head is educational pressure. Now, I would love to go back and tell my high school self about education being important, but it's not the end of the world if you're not top of the class, if you're not getting straight A's, because I know a lot of kids that didn't give a shit in high school, went to college and went off to be like honor students. Like it does not matter how it like it goes off the saying of it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. Same applies to education. Because people think high school is like your admittance to like higher education. But what some people don't realize is that your potential may not even have been met in high school. And just going to college just actually hits your peak when it comes to that. And some people get more surprised about it. And of course, a lot of people will go off the tangent and be like, oh, well, I went to college and I ended up doing so terribly because college is so hard. But, excuse me. <laughs> but going but going off of that tangent, there's also a lot of factors that go into being in a college environment where it's a little more freedom-esque. Uh, freedom in your environment versus in high school, I would say most students are restricted to just home and school and potentially extracurriculars. Now, of course, if you had the time to go party, go see friends and all that stuff, that's awesome. But some high school kids just kind of like had high school feel like a full-time job. And they kind of just viewed it that way, where it was like waking up at 8 in the morning to go to school till 3 o'clock and then probably have sports or a club or even a job. You just thought like, it's routine, Monday through Friday, blah, 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 blah. College is different, obviously, because in a, in a sense, you choose your schedule. But by choosing your schedule, you also got to manage your time around that schedule. It's not a routine no more. Now it's like, it's your own routine. Make it your routine. And of course, me in high school, I always thought that like, eventually I will break out of this idea that my life is a routine because for some, that whole nine to five concept is like stuck in their head at an early age. And they think that they're just stuck with like, yeah, you go to school to work your whole life and that's it. And yeah, if you want to like be very base thinking on that, me in college, I managed to do part-time while also still going to school, but I still enjoyed what the school had to offer. It wasn't like in high school, I had 6 a.m. practice for track and field or cross country or even basketball, and then go right into your first class at 8 in the morning. You go through your whole day till like early afternoon, and then you barely have enough time to like go to your car, grab your practice clothes and your gear and shit, and then you just head on back to school. You go through a two-hour, three-hour practice, sometimes even longer if you wanted to just get some extra reps in. And you felt like that was your life. You can't break out of that no matter how much you try. But my high school self should realize that that was all a choice and that it's okay if you feel overwhelmed by this routine because a lot of the things you do are optional. Extracurriculars are privileges, something that most people forget, especially when you're in a sport. Now, obviously, it doesn't make sense to tell your coach, I'm not feeling well. I'm just not going to show up to practice for a week. But in the same time, 
if you're not feeling good, why are you forcing yourself to work out? You know what I mean? You might think of it as kind of like a getaway from that stress. But sometimes you just need a day to, like, relax, you know? Like, I was so worked up going into uh, college. I wanted to continue being an athlete. So that's why I spent my whole summer after senior year leading up to uh, freshman year at USF to be in shape. At least stay in shape to where if I wanted to walk on to a program, I had at least the conditioning to keep up. And I did. What I didn't realize is that it robbed me off an experience of enjoying myself. Something that you overlook in high school because you think everything you do is forced in order to live a full life. But you forget sometimes that you have a brain that needs to relax once in a while. You have a body that can get deteriorated over time with constant usage of it. And you just need to like take a break. And also relates to that mental health concept from last episode, because this is like, that shit can get to your head very quickly. Like you just think like, damn, I feel so tired today, but everybody else is like up to, up to par with everything in life. And I'm just like, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And I would tell my younger self, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just burned out. Take a break. Relax. It's not the end of the world. You might miss a practice. Okay, big deal. Look at me now, bro. Am I still worried about that high school practice? No. If I was fucked up and tired, like, take the break. Because when you take a break, you give yourself a chance to, like, come back to life. And then you can come back the next day just as strong as you did the day before. Maybe even better because you actually took the time to give yourself the break. It wasn't something that they were telling you to take. You told yourself that it was your time to relax. So definitely time management is a thing, but also manage how you're doing as a person because you can burn out pretty fast if you don't realize that everything you do is really a privilege. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that we could tell ourselves. I think kind of related to what Mario said. Letting myself, my younger self, and especially like high school self, know that there's more to life than just school. Because I, I, I would say going to a Catholic private high school, it was pretty bubbled. And it was specifically a college prep school. And I wasn't a 4.0 student. I wish I could have told myself, it's going to be okay, even though you're above average, that one day you're going to have a master's degree and you think that's only for people with 4.0s. Or you're even, you're even just going to graduate college. You're actually going to get into college. There are so many fears that, and unknowns that I didn't understand at 18 because I didn't get into, I only got into like two colleges and those were the local colleges. I didn't even apply to them. I didn't get into any of the schools I applied to. And so it was really defeating. And if I just had some sort of reassurance at that age, which was really tough because a lot of people around me were like, hey, like, it's okay, it'll work out. I'm like, yeah, but all of you are in college already. That doesn't help me feel any better. And then I guess like even before that, yeah, this is the same notion of letting myself know there's more to life than just school. Go out there and try things, try to intern or get a part-time job or volunteer, even though my parents probably wouldn't have let me anyways but just being so young and inexperienced and unexposed to the world I think led to a lot of other things that I would tell myself in college but definitely one of the first things that I could tell myself to just try things because by the time I got towards that that junior year point of high school where people are like you need to make a life decision about what you're going to do for the rest of your life I'm just like I didn't even I just thought I was going to go to college and life would continue um, and now you're telling me I have to be an independent person and being and make my own decisions. Uh, I didn't know how to do that. I thought school just continued. 
and you figure it out eventually. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I just want to tell myself to try things because then I could have had a better idea of what picking majors meant in area of study or what future careers were, what were careers. You know, in my head, I really only knew like doctor, lawyer, and I don't know, the, the umbrella terms, right? I didn't know that you could be like, let's just say like you could be a finance person at Google. <laughs> I thought Google was just tech only or like, like these specific different careers that are within just companies and organizations. We're never told about those. So how can you tell and inform your younger self or just younger people about those things in general? I don't think there was enough technical, I don't know if technical is the right word, but there, there was just no passing of that information from any of my high school teachers. It was all just assuming you're going to go to college and figure it out, but why not tell us beforehand? Yeah, I agree. We're like, I wish I had like the capacity or like more energy or the will when I was younger to try out more things. I like to think that I tried out a lot of things between like from elementary school to to high school. College, I didn't really care. You're just kind of like, I'm there to, to study. I don't really care if I'm in anything else. Maybe that's just the consequence of me not doing anything in those years. I really wish that when I was younger, I wasn't so keen on like the male gaze or like boys attention I, I, as a teenager you think that like every sort of fleeting moment of what could look like a love life like you need to chase it because that's your key of like growing up and learning more and like getting the kind of like love you want but it's like you don't need that as as someone who's in like the seven, sixth or seventh grade i mean it's it's natural for for kids around that time to start thinking about it and start like chasing after it but i really wish i didn't and that I felt the need to continuing on into like high school, that I needed to turn like every deep friendship I had with a guy or someone else like into something romantic, because I felt like I would have been way more productive with my life if I didn't. I'm I'm kind of glad that I mean not glad, but I I've learned a lot from like my relationships and the things that did or didn't happen, things that could or couldn't have happened, all that stuff. I'm glad that I can stand here and like talk about it and give advice to people if they need it or like relate to people that that have gone through the same experiences but for my own like personal sake I wish I like could tell myself like dude just be you and just like you don't have to revolve your whole life around like rom like romance I would also tell myself like I said earlier like try new to do things new things or I don't know new experiences even if it doesn't like get the approval from my parents or they're not there to support me like or like physically support me I know like they support me emotionally and mentally they're my parents of course they do but I think I stopped myself from trying a lot of sports and like other extracurriculars when I was younger because I knew not everyone in my family could be there to to watch me and like you know when it starts off like that when you're young it sucks and it sticks and you continue to think that they're not going to show up because even when I was in, when I was doing choir for all four years in in high school, not every co like concert my parents could make it to, or I'm not gonna say wanted to, but yeah, they couldn't make it because of work. Like my brothers and their girlfriends would like be stand-ins, or like uh, my late grandparents would be, or even like if none of them could make it, like I would just invite my friends. Well, that's like all all in good like I don't know fun and whatever. It like sucked not seeing my parents there, and like it fed the idea that they didn't really care about what I did, that, that they just cared about what I did academically. And also, like, I think personally for me, like, I know you guys were talking about, like, it's going to be okay if you don't do well in, in school or, like, in 
like education because you'll you'll make it through but I personally wish that I pushed myself harder to do better there are a lot of points where I was like I'm in this class because I'm one of the smart kids I'm in like I'm in this scholastic program where I'm like basically the best of the best so I'm taking all of these classes and it was so surface level of my idea of those classes that I didn't do all that I could and I knew I wasn't doing anything but I just still chose not to do anything about it so I really wish I pushed myself better for me when I think about like what I can tell like my younger self I think about I guess it's somewhat of a personality trait that like I've been working on unlearning um I think I started maybe around like high school but I think I mentioned it I think it was just like in the mental health episode I'm not sure but when I was little I used to be like very vocal and very like flamboyant I guess would be like the proper term just like with like all of my passions and just like you know talking around like other people or just like I've always loved like causing like a ruckus and like everything just like running around everywhere but I guess like when I was like that when I was little I guess like my parents I get that they were trying to like calm me down you know just to be like hey like be still but like they like worded it in a way where it was like oh no one wants to see that put that away and like as a little kid I took that very you know I took it personally and so I, I just like switched it to where I was like okay feelings off emotion off expression off and it kind of like manifested to where like when I was in school I was just very like stone face all the time or like I had like my friends here and there but I never really opened up a lot about like my hobbies or my passions like for example at the time you know like let's say like liking like anime or something or like liking video games or whatever and I would just kind of like keep that to the side I wouldn't really talk about it or I never really talked about if I was like having any difficulties like say for example like at home or like my mental health I would kind of like take care of like other people around me first but then like even like my best friend to this day she even still has like difficulties sometimes like when she's like talking to me she'll be like you know Brynn like we always talk but like you never really talk about like what's going on in your life you know and like you never really feel like you have to mention that and I'm like like it's just something that I'm trying to like unlearn myself and like if I could tell something to my younger self it definitely would be like vulnerability is okay and feelings are okay and it's it's very important that you do tell other people and I definitely felt that more in um, high school and one of the first things that comes to mind is that I was a student athlete in high school so I played um, high school volleyball and club volleyball so when the high school season was done that was when club season started and it would just switch back and forth so technically like I played non-stop for maybe about like four years and that's also not counting when I played like in middle school and everything and you know it was fun like definitely like when I started I loved like making friends and everything but then it eventually got to the point where I think I just experienced like intense intense burnout and I was so scared to like tell anybody about it 
because I would see my parents, they were always so passionate. Like we had always like talked about the plan of like me getting recruited, you know, colleges were contacting me. We're like, this is it. Like, this is the plan, you know? And, you know, I'm talking to like the coaches and it's just like, well, the goal like should be always be to like play and, you know, and like, obviously, but then I never really acknowledged my feelings of just like, well, what if like, I'm really tired right now. What if I need to sit down? What if I need to rest? What if I need to take a break? But like, I always process that as like, you know, like those are like my personal feelings, but like, there are much bigger stuff to worry about. No one wants to hear about like how I'm doing, you know? And I had started feeling like, you know, I was pretty much like mentally done with the sport, maybe about like, maybe let's say like a little bit after my freshman year of high school, but I had only opened up to my parents about my mental like burnout after my senior year of high school. So I like kept that all in and it just like manifested in just like extreme stress and just like withdrawal during the sport. It was just really, really bad. And like, I was just kind of falling off a little bit, not trying as much like at school. So I definitely would say like, you know, if you keep it all like bottled up inside, it's gonna manifest in itself in other ways and other aspects like in your life but also I guess like with being more open like with yourself I kind of touched on it earlier with like my hobbies and such I would have liked to see maybe when I was younger maybe be like more open I guess like about like what I was into like animes and stuff like maybe stuff that like I was kind of like made fun of for like in elementary school and because there are so many people like in high school that like I got back in touch with it was like once we all like reached college that like we all had those similar passions and those similar interests but no one wanted to talk about them in high school because they were like oh it's like it wasn't in or like it wasn't popular you know and you know when you are more confident in yourself and you're more expressive I just fully believe that like your people will find you you know just like-minded will just attract and find each other and like it's great thankfully like now I've been able to meet a lot of like-minded individuals and we all like the same things and we all have the same morals and it's been amazing you know but I definitely wish I could have learned that when I was younger I'm actually I can relate to that thing you talked about with uh athlete burnout I actually had a teammate on the track and field team at our school won't say her name, but she was a freak athlete. I'm talking about she was listed at 6'4". She was a 400-meter runner, and her times on a on a bad day would knock out regionals. Like, she was just a very gifted runner, but she had a lot of personal issues. And she didn't address those issues until season started. She was, I think, a senior at the time when I was a freshman. So it was kind of like she's been in the program for a couple years. She was a transfer a couple years back, but... Just recently, before season started, she people called her the drama queen because she'd always give the coaching staff an issue about how her feelings were. And it's just like, damn, now you think about it, like, I think about it that time. Now you're correlating it to you. And then I think about it, like, I feel like all athletes are just afraid to, like, let their coaching staff know that they don't want to do this shit no more. Not because they don't like it, but they just can't do it. Sometimes they just need a break from it. It's the same kind of backlash that Kyrie Irving gets for the NBA. He sits out games because he's got personal issues. 
Of course, they're not going to dox his lifestyle and be like, oh, he's depressed. That's why he doesn't want to play today. But Kyrie Irving is just one example. Many other athletes across different sports have started to voice their mental issues on that kind of stuff. So that's a whole topic for another day. But another thing that popped in my head since you were talking about sports, even today, I have a competitive heart. It does not matter what I'm doing. It could be a video game, a sport, or it could just literally be me as something stupid as seeing how fast can you write certain things. Like the most dumbest shit. As a little kid, I was so passionate about competition that in any form, I would take it seriously. Or what the asshole people would call it. You would try hard. And being a try hard doesn't get you a lot of friends. Especially when a lot of people think that no one takes it that seriously, you know. There's a difference between casual and competitive. And I was always competitive regardless of the of the genre of activity I was doing. I low-key was kind of hurt by people telling me not to, like, why you care so much? Stop stop being such a tryhard, you know? I hate that. I hate that. Like, like, it's part of the personality, man. Like, if there are people judging you just because, like, you're competitive or, like, you, you take things seriously, like, because of the things you're passionate about, like, go fuck themselves. They can go fuck themselves. There was even a time where, um, in high school, there was a Mario Kart tournament we did at lunch. It was like a two-day thing, and I was pretty nice at Mario Kart, not to toot my own horn. But there is a kid that I friended, because I was a lot—I was friends with a lot of the quote-unquote nerdy guys at school. He was so raw at Mario Kart. I'm talking about he spends his off time beating ranked ghost times on Mario Kart Wii Online. Like, he's mastered every optimal route in Mario Kart, where if you play against him— if you make one mistake, you already lost, and you should just drop your controller and move on. He was that good, but I felt like I could do better than that. And a lot of people that played in that tournament, you know, a bunch of casual ASB kids, fucking ASB. Anyways, those kids. Hey, what's wrong with ASB, man? <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, it's just a bunch of casuals. ASB. But them ASB kids. I was an ASB. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, Aya. But them kids host the tournament knowing of that man's skill in the game and they knew he was going to win it all but they just wanted to do something because everybody likes mario kart and they want people to get involved i don't really know the f true motives behind it but i used to tell people nah I, I could beat this kid no no cap i could beat this motherfucker and they're like whoa don't you know how good he is at mario kart i'm like yeah i'm his friend i know how good he is but i can still beat him fuck you talking about and i'd be like hella like it'd be a front but it's like i'm serious bro like if you give me this chance on the sticks, I will get a dub. And that's how it was looking like. I, I competed in this Mario Kart tournament to where we, there was like the championship where it was the last four people, the best, the best four people in the tournament. But no offense to the other two people besides my other friend, but those two people had no chance against us because it was literally just me and the boy going one-on-one -on -one because the other two had no chance. And we were going back and forth in a Grand Prix tournament where I got first place, he got second, he got first place, I got second. And they came out of the final wire and, well, the boy's is nice with it, so he ended up getting dubbed. But I got second place. I, I'm okay with that. And people are like, holy shit, you almost beat him. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could beat anybody if I put my heart to it. And a lot of people do was just like, damn, over Mario Kart? I'm like, yeah, over Mario Kart? Name, name a thing, time, and place. I will whoop anyone's ass. I don't give a fuck. That was my mindset. But everybody would just tell you that if it wasn't something that would, I don't know, I guess make you money at the end of the day why you care so much, you know? And that's why it's funny that we all end up becoming streamers because it's like, damn, now we're going to put our try-hard skills into shit that we do <laughs> on a daily basis. And now people get to, like, watch us do it 
for you know a little revenue once in a while. So it's like, yeah, I'm a try hard, and my my young ass self would take those comments to heart and be like, okay, maybe I will pretend to be a casual just so people don't think I'm a try hard. No, I'm gonna go back in time and kick my fucking younger self's ass and be like, you stop being a pussy and you actually man up to your own word and you be the tryhard that you know you is on the deep down. Just play your heart out, kid. Because nobody likes a loser, all right? I'm sorry. Y'all can talk about participation trophies and all that bullshit, but we come here for one thing and one thing only, and that's the dub. So if you don't appreciate that mindset, <laughs> if you don't appreciate that mindset and you think that's a little try hard, then you can literally sit on my thumb and twirl on that bitch a hundred times because it ain't happening no more. Remember when you said that this is going to be a wholesome episode? <laughs> it's wholesome, but then you start thinking about real things. That I, you really do. Wholesomely, I would tell my younger self to just... Be passionate about your competitive side. Don't let that hinder you because you're still competitive now. I'm 23 and I'm still competitive over shit like drinking. Hello? Drinking? No, never that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That reminds me. Okay. How you're talking about like that competitive side, right? To be honest, like I kind of like turned that down weirdly enough when I was playing my sport in school. And because like I think at the time like obviously like you want first you want to get on the team right and then you want to just like impress the coaches for like playing times and whatever and i'm gonna be honest like we had a pretty like sorry to say we had a really fucked up coach had a lot of favorites so you had to like really just like you know schmooze like your way through to like get your playing time or whatever but one of the things that also kind of contributed, I guess, to my burnout was that I was very much like, okay, I got to impress the coach. So whatever they say goes. So if they say I'm not good enough, then all right, I'm going to believe you. If you say that, like, I'm not that good yet, so I got to pay for, like, you know, this two-month camp that you're running, you know, you're going to give me, like, basic-ass, like, training, I'll, I'll take it because you're obviously your word goes but then i would get i would usually what would usually happen like during games is just that i would be basically part of like the b team just sitting on the sidelines right and it's like last resort right they'll will be like in the set it'll be like they're at for volleyball for each set the is whoever gets to 25 first so like a other team would be let's say like at like 22 we're at like 10 they're like, okay, you know, nothing's working right now. Maybe our starters are just like, you know, kind of off right now. You know, Bryn, why don't you go in and like help? I, I tie us up or or I end up getting us to like win the set, right? But then they'll be like, oh, that was just like that one time. Good for you. Great. You know, but you know, we're not going to switch around anything. Like that was just a good day for you. Like whatever. And that really took a toll on me. <laughs> And it got to the point to where, like, other parents, they were, like, you know, coming up to me. My parents were, like, you know, why aren't you playing? You know, like, you're great. Blah, blah, blah. When people would tell me that I was good, I would genuinely deny it. And I'd be, like, oh, I'm not that great oh. of a player. You know, it's, it's, oh. it's, you know, I'm not even, like, a starter. Like, you know, but then it's only now that I go back and I look at, like, my videos and whatever. I'm, like, I, even I can tell, like, 
you know, even if I was like, if I was like on the bench, like I definitely cared more. And so that's why like I was willing to like push hard and still like every single practice and like, you know, get us up like higher scores. You know, when people say that you're the shit, believe them <laughs> because like they're seeing something that, that you don't, that hurts. you know, it's like, let your friends support you. Let your family support you. They see something that you don't. And it's not bad to say you're the shit. Because if you, like, that confidence, there's, it's obviously, there's something that you see. The results will show. It's not bad to be proud in oneself. And I wish I embraced that when I was younger. Yeah, I, I was, I was the exact same when I, when I played basketball and volleyball back in middle school. Except, like, you know, I, I was starters for, for both teams. And I kept thinking that, like, okay, I'm a starter, so that means I'm good. Or they they think I'm good, but then there there were like a handful of times when it it would the work wouldn't show and it would just beat me down. And then it like I don't think anyone had the balls to tell me that like you suck or like you need to try harder because no one would uh, say anything. And it's like where is this like support that I should be getting because I'm on a team where you see that I'm not doing so well, so tell me that so I can do better. But like me just like staying in my head, I became stagnant and I became like. I start to deteriorate in like already in what I couldn't do. I wish I had like that support system or at least be able to tell myself like, hey, maybe there's not a support system for you right now. Just just try to do better so that you feel better about yourself. You know, I it reminds me of basketball because on varsity, I didn't start. And mostly because I was the shortest dude on the team. You know, you're 5'8 in high school playing basketball. That's not a good height. But I was there because... Admittingly, I had a jump shot that I could stick to, but a part of me in high school that I was really good at, that I was able to at least showcase a little bit of it, was my defense. And there was a time where, I mean, our our, our varsity team was pretty mid. We were like a 50-50 team, so playoffs wasn't really much of a concern for us. But there was a lot of pride on the on the, on our hands when we played a rival school, and there was only seven of us that were not hurt or sick. You know, for a roster of 12, 13 people, you're down to seven. So, admittingly, they just said, all right, we'll give Mario the start. Because I was on the bench most of the season, and I play on average, like, maybe five minutes a game. But they gave me the start against a school that is ranked in the peninsula. And they're good. They got hoopers. That's, like, all I'm going to say is they were a bunch of, like, prestigious kids, obviously. So, they already had, like the right coaches they had gym for it they had all the matching sneakers top performance shoes these kids are out here to play their hearts out and us we already were like down in the count i didn't give a fuck because i'm playing for my pride i'm out there not really caring too much about what my coach says but caring about what i look like on the court so i was given the task to guard their best shooter and i did just that I, I locked his shit up most of the game, played my heart out. I didn't really score much that game, but my defense showed that I at least give it, gave a shit about playing a game that was already in a losing factor for us. And a team that was supposed to blow us out by 30 ended up only beating us by nine. And people were like, damn, these kids were scrapping. You know, you got seven people on the team. They got to play a whole four quarters. How the hell they got the energy for it? But, you know, I was trying my best out there and had f parents from teammates on my team, like, come up to me and be like, we didn't know you could play like that. 
that's also because my coach didn't really believe in me, you know, being the small guy and everything. But I was like, yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve when I play competition. I don't give a shit if I'm getting rocked. If I get one good possession on you or you, I make you look silly, I will flex. I don't give a fuck. It's pride for me. Like, I'm a, comp I'm a competitive person by heart. I will look stupid for myself to let y'all know that I don't give a fuck. This is, this is my pride and joy in it. I definitely see where y'all two are coming from. Where it's like, sometimes it's either you, you feel like you're the shit, but you're not. Or you are the shit, but you just don't feel that way. Because you're told by other people or your coaches that you just didn't look the part. Or you, damn, like, you, you look the part, but why aren't you getting that PT that you deserve? And you're like, oh, it's because I actually suck. When clearly you just put on a show for them and now you're, they're, you're just blamely telling them, oh, I suck. Because you just want to seem, I guess, humble. But at the same time, you just kind of come with the fact that, like, no matter what you do, you're never going to get credit for it. And so, younger self, don't give a fuck what other people tell you. <laughs> You know what you're capable of. Just go out there and do that. And if nobody wants to agree with you, well, guess what? They're not a supporter. <laughs> Who cares about what they say? Yeah, like my younger self, didn't, unfortunately, didn't know like what I was capable of. But that, that kind of like having more self-confidence in your abilities or just cutting yourself some slack sometimes. You know, like there's a, there's a big part of that where like when I was cleaning up uh, over, I don't know, multiple times in this house that I'm cleaning, but I tend to come across old transcripts and I'm like, I don't remember it looking that good. Like, not that it's great or anything. It's, like, still a 3.0 or something. But I always remember failure, even in sports, because I was never a starter. I didn't hit varsity until I got to senior year. I was never the first pick for teams or whatever. And that kind of, like you all said, it weighs down on you when you don't get to be the first chosen person. Uh, but, you know, cutting myself some slack and being like, hey, you, you are working hard. Just also recognize that there's some people working harder than you <laughs> or that you're not working maybe even hard enough. And you need to like if I could tell my younger self, like some sort of self-reflection on that part, because I definitely dismiss a lot of things for being like, oh, you're just not one of the smart kids or, oh, they're just naturally talented and they're naturally gifted. So that they're obviously better than you. That's why they're in varsity. But did I ever get to look at their perspective? What if that kid was actually getting up at five in the morning to go on runs before school and then they went to class, whereas I was only getting up for class or something? Um, what extra hours were they putting in that I wasn't? And that's something I didn't learn until I got to college where I got smacked academically with like the nursing program. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hard. Uh, why am I failing? And I realized like I wasn't putting in the effort. I wasn't putting in the work. And I thought that I could just get by with, you know, showing up to class and reading the book. I thought that was enough. Or not even reading the book, just showing up to class. And I started applying that to the rest of my life, realizing like, you know, you could have you could have been better at the drums or running or badminton or whatever if you just put in more effort and more work and stop blaming it on the fact that you think people are better than you just because you're not good enough. There's a lack of participation is the right word, but effort on my part that I wasn't putting in. And I wished I realized that a little bit sooner. I wish, yeah, I could have told myself that like, hey, Maybe I could have been on varsity sooner or something if I put in more practice. I I also blamed on other things like, oh, I'm too short or everybody else was taller than me. I didn't really hit my growth spurt till like the end of high school. I'm like into college a little bit. Uh, so I always blamed it on a lot of other things. But it's like I could have put in more effort. I could have tried a little bit harder and also believed in myself when people like when you when your team gets awards, you weren't just carried. You you helped get that award. So be proud of yourself. And on that topic, you know, with sports. I was I always loved playing basketball, but just like I was never viewed as a good player because I didn't get the playing time. 
then you take me to track and field where that's where like everyone knows me sports wise for track and field because the work ethic unfortunately was only put in as soon as i actually invested time into track i didn't run track and field until middle school but it wasn't until my junior of high school where i decided to actually consider like hey i'm gonna give this shit a try because in middle school i did pretty well i won some medals for you know some peninsula runs so i was pretty good in middle school but then i just gave up track because i wanted to play basketball and baseball well now it's like well fuck it baseball and track conflict with the same season so i dropped baseball and i went straight to track and track is like damn i've flourished and you know luckily recognizing that sport I was given a uh, team captain of varsity for both cross country and for track and field sprinters. And a lot of kids came up to me for like advice. This is like a complete 180 of what I felt like in basketball. In basketball, I caught myself to asking the seniors, like, what y'all be doing, how to get better and stuff. Now I'm the senior, and now I got all these other kids, kids that are not even in varsity, but think they got what it takes to be in varsity. And they're like, hey, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing this, doing that? And it's great when you have the tools and knowledge to like actually give them an answer that doesn't sound so verbatim and so general. You actually got a real answer for them because you know what it's like to be at the bottom of the fucking pile. You know what it's like. And the work ethic that you put in other sports don't get recognized. And you're just telling yourself, what do I got to do to be recognized? So now I got these kids telling me my senior year in track and feel like, what do I got to do to make varsity? What do I got to do to be better? How are you so good at this sport, but you just started this year, you know? And I tell them just straight up. And most of my answers end up usually telling them I do shit outside of school. And sometimes I like to put a little more effort, a little more passion into this, into the competition because I have that competitive spirit. So once you start believing in yourself, you're going to start realizing that you're actually better than what you're doing. Because a lot of the things that hold you back is yourself. It's not about the food you eat or the exercise you're doing or the routine you're, you're given. It's really yourself. Are you telling yourself that all this shit's worth it? Because if you are, then you should be seeing some better results. But if you keep telling yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fit. I could probably do this. I'll probably get tired. And people have that mindset, especially for sprinting. Sprinting. I keep telling this. This is like my favorite thing to tell these kids like before a meet. You better fucking wear your blood, sweat, and tears for a 20-second race. You need to fucking get it together for 20, 30 seconds, a minute. If they were doing a 100-meter dash... That's 12 seconds of your life that you better put everything into it or else you're not going to see a result. Same thing that I tell my lap run, my lap sprinters. You got 45 seconds to a minute to just put your fucking heart out and just do it. You, you worked, you practice this whole week leading up to this meet. And if you're going to tell me you're not feeling well or you don't feel like you, you can do it, you're already losing. You got to walk in that bitch with some confidence. Because when you feel confident, all of a sudden, everything you're doing just seems right. And when you feel like you're doing something right, you start producing. And it's crazy that a lot of this like mental health talk in sports is real. A lot of people are held back from their true potential because they just don't think that they're good enough. But it's like a lot, of, a lot of star athletes didn't start off as star athletes. I tell people Michael Jordan got cut from the varsity team twice. Another story about Jason Giambi was too fat to play college baseball. He ended up being a Hall of Famer in the MLB. Or, you know, I tell them stories like that. Like, like people start off not getting the credit that they deserve, but that didn't stop them. It's because they believed in themselves. 
And that's how that's how you're going to get better. I can only tell you what to do in terms of your stamina and your work ethic. But it all starts with telling yourself, I can do this. It's not that I don't know if I can. Because once you start, like, hesitating, then it's like, you're already losing. You're, you're already losing. Like, get back, get back on track to moving forward or else it's, you're not going to feel happy with yourself. And a lot of kids, like, they came up to me, like, after the season, like, they, I was graduating. They were just like, bro, like, you, you, you did more for me in the sport and in life by telling me that it starts with me. Because it's like their parents can't show up to the meets because they got to work full-time jobs. They ain't got siblings. They don't got people to go to after school or during lunch. They literally just got the sport. And I notice these people. I point them out, and they think I'm weird because I talk to strangers with without hesitation. I'm like, hey, you, I know what you're doing. Keep that up. I'm watching you. You're being noticed. Don't think you're not being seen because there's somebody watching you. And when you get that one person's attention, it starts becoming a huge confidence booster. Same thing in streaming. You don't think you got what it takes to get a bunch of people to watch you stream. But once you get like five or six people and you're like, yeah, five or six people, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be my best for five or six people. Then all of a sudden they become 10, 20 people, then 30, 40, 50, then 100, 1,000, 10,000. Then it's the numbers keep going because it's like you don't care about the numbers. You just need a starting point. And it comes with those kids too. And that's what I want to tell my younger self. My work ethic was so good as a youngin. But why did you stop? Why did it stop after high school? And like relation to that, I don't know which movie it was from, but it was a Robin Williams movie. And he said, nothing worth having ever comes easy. And I saw it like on a, on like a Tumblr video of like sequences of just Robin Williams quotes after he had died. And that really hit hard because I was like, oh my God. Yeah, nothing in life should come easy that's worth having. And for some reason mm-hmm. it stuck with me. And in the terms of that dedication, self-determination, own confidence and then ultimately self-love acceptance of what you are who you are and what you can do how can you apply that to other aspects of my own life and i think that's when it started trickling on like for whatever reason if i could tell myself at 21 hey you're not that old so stop thinking it's the end of the world like really at 21 i was like oh my god my life is over and i was like goya you're already 25 dude you're hella old you're almost 30 i'm like why was i having an existential crisis at 21 like bro chill you haven't even figured out that you wanted to be a teacher yet. Like, shut the fuck up. Stop complaining. You know, like, it's, I think part of it, a lot of it is just, like, figure out what it is that you want, younger Avery. Uh, what do you want to do with your life? And then realize that, again, kind of with the things I said earlier, like, that hard work, it takes effort. And you can't give up. Or if you're lost right now, you need to take agency and accountability of yourself to figure out what you can do. And how, how can you pick yourself up or ask help, ask for help? Oh my God, that is ask for help. I never, I still struggle with that. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, voice, what your confusion is, ask for help because it's okay not to know. I wish I knew that a long time ago. I think that quote might've been from Dead Poet Society. Probably that. I think so. That's like one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Great movies. Oh God. Great movies. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, but that was like knowing these really great movies, not just from Robin Williams, but like other things, is one of the reasons why I really liked that I joined Avid or like took Avid as a course in high school. Even though like everyone's like, oh yeah, like Avid's for like people who don't know what to do with their lives or whatever, or like for like stupid people. Like, no, it's it's a college prep thing, and it gave me an excuse to watch really great movies because my teacher was awesome. But yeah, I'm gonna kind of like steer the conversation in a different direction. I'm, I'm sure like. We have relatives that have, like, passed 
already. For me, it's like my 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 mom's parents, my grandparents. I really wish. I mean, like it's it's easy to say like I wish I had more time with them or wish like I spoke to them more, or spent more time with them. But the one thing, especially for me, since like cooking is such like a passion of mine, is that I wish I spent more time with my grandma in the kitchen and like learning how she makes Filipino food, how she does it, why it's different from my mom's or like why it's different from like say like my dad or my dad's parents or whatever. For a lot of things, I wish I had more time with them, but especially like I kind of took my grandma's cooking for granted every day because she would make me, she knew like my favorite thing was longanese egg and rice. Like every morning she'd make it, she'd take, we've been using these for years, right? She would put everything into this cup with a spoon or a fork. And then on my way to school, which is like 15 minutes away from me, I would just eat. And then I would go to school with like longanese breath, but but... yeah, I didn't realize how much I like, I would miss the way that she cooks stuff, even though like my mom's cooking is really good, but like my grandma's cooking was so good. Yeah. I kind of wish in the same essence, spending more time with grandparents. I wish I could like tell myself to really, which I I in part did because that's why I like taking videos of stuff. I think I captured enough random footage of my grandfather before he died because I made a, a video <laughs> of a montage or whatever. But I still think young adult me, which is still me now, but could have told myself, go home more. I spent a lot of time away from home, staying in the city, and I wasn't even that far away. I made that decision to not go home because I was like, no, I have this uh, I have this Kasamahan event that I'm running. I have to do this thing. I have this internship. I'm working over the summer. I got a teaching job. But I never got to share that with my grandfather before he died. And I want to share that with my grandma now, but she barely understands English. And of course, uh, a legacy in that is to share it with the rest of my family and friends and everyone who supports me. But it's just that, you know, inner regret that's like, you could have done more while he was here. And in that same vein, as irritated as I am to be at home during COVID, it also makes me think about like, this might be one of the last few times you're living at your parents' house with my brother home too. That we're all together under the same roof again because at least this family in particular is getting old and my parents are i mean not that i'm going to be having grandchildren anytime soon but they are in their 60s my brother is like in his even like seven years now yeah you know and it's it's just like the the moving out phase will happen at some point very soon not even a decade away (laughs) um and it's just being home appreciating what's going on if I could tell my younger self that, do a little more of that because you're going to miss it when it's gone. I had a pretty unique, I would say, like, experience, I could say. Like, with my Lolo on my mom's side. So, like, he passed away in 2016. But what was interesting was that he lived in the Philippines, right? And... I still have never been to the Philippines. But so, like, the only contact that I had with him, like, really, was through, like, phone calls or, like, Skype and everything. And I think the only, like, time that he had ever, like, maybe saw me in person was probably when I was, like, a baby and, like, he flew over to, like, visit. But, like, I had no recollection of it. So, in a way, I was just kind of, like, you know, I couldn't think of any, like, special moments that I had with him, right? And when he passed away, I remember just having so much guilt for me. And like, I know it wasn't in my control, but there was like this part of me where it was like, man, if only I had like 
spent like physical time with him if only like I called him more you know if only like I talked to him more on the phone maybe we could have developed like a bigger connection and then like maybe and like also it didn't help too knowing that like I was the only grandchild that hadn't gone back to the Philippines and like that like being I guess not in my control that just like made things like hurt like even more and so after I like communicated this to my mom but like I when he died I just had this like feeling of like you know I'm so scared that like I had let him down in some type of way but then I remember thinking about like phone calls that we have had before and all really he would I remember one of the always he would always just say stuff just like he wouldn't like ask me like oh how are my grades or like you know what are you doing like in sports but it was just more of just like one of the first things he would always say is just like Bryn I love you Bryn I'm proud of you you know and like I didn't have to do anything like he just did and there was a part of me where I was like okay because like I, I would always feel like you know I'm not living up to be like this like the the grandchild that my Lolo deserved but regardless you know he still loved me and so I think that's just something that I'm kind of like learning to accept that like I didn't really have to like earn that spot or earn that love it was just unconditional from the beginning for me I would say it was unlucky that within the span of three weeks I lost both my grandpas and one side my mom's side my grandpa was moved from the from the motherland uh that's my mexican side of the family he came up from guadalajara he was a painter most of his life and he always taught me that a shot of tequila after work would calm your senses and that uh you shouldn't abuse the idea of relaxing when you have the chance and every time i was at my grandparents house it was kind of a norm that my grandma would always cook the meals, but I would always come visit them on a weekend, mostly on a Saturday. And typically Saturday is when um, there's boxing prime time on pay-per-view. My grandpa loved watching boxing, especially when I was young. Oscar de la Hoya was like his favorite boxer, and he loved watching him fight. And my grandpa is as feeble as they come, but my man was out there acting like, yeah, you know, if I still had some good arms and good legs, I'd... I'd be a good boxer too. I feel like I get that comp beer from him too because he knows he damn well can't walk, but he can damn well believe that he can fight at a professional level. <laughs> so, you know, he loved boxing and he never really cared too much about, well, not that he didn't care, but he didn't really like mind about what my direction was in terms of like my future. It was just like, man, as, as long as you're able to sit down with us once a week and just have a meal have a beer, have a shot, and just enjoy the time you got with people. That's you're 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 already rich. That's that's how you're rich. You're rich by having that time spending with family. And then my grandpa on the other side, my dad's side, pretty successful guy. He was born and raised in El Salvador. He went to school for medicine and he opened up his own pharmacy in El Salvador. Pretty successful. Made a lot of good money off that. And then, of course, the Civil War in El Salvador began in the 80s. This is when my dad was kind of like 14, 15. It was pretty dangerous to live in El Salvador during those times. Like, there was a curfew of 6 p.m. 
if you're out and about after 6 p.m., you were you were a target to just get casually shot on the side of the street, like no warning. It was dangerous time to be outside, and my grandpa also had to like he had to, he had to put a he had to put a couple people in a in a body body bag just to keep his family safe. Like it was that serious. Like he it was a fight or flight thing, you know. It got to a point where he was like told my grandma to take my take my dad and the other kids take the next bus up to the border try and get some home in california and he said he'll meet us there and luckily my grandpa was able to abandon the pharmacy pretty much and grab what he needed and then came up to, to california and they ended up getting to san francisco and he showed like a really like high fighting spirit so i get i get both both of my grandpas were like very strong competitive fighting people where they, they do anything to keep the family safe and that's kind of something that I've kind of lost in the time that I haven't seen them is spending time with my family. And it's funny that I say that because we're in a pandemic where we're supposed to stay home. But I'm mostly working. And if I'm not working, I usually just lock myself in the room. Occasionally, I catch myself doing that. But I also think about, like, what would my grandpa say? He would want me to, like, spend an hour or two out of my day with my mom, my dad, just chat it up, relax down get to like you know be at peace with each other because family is not you're not supposed to be stressed in a family setting you know usually but i think i just lost that value that i got from hanging out with my grandparents because i don't see them that often anymore that i'm starting to see myself not hanging out with my own family and work is just 40 hours out of the week where i could be spending some of that free time outside of work with them and i do you know, once in a while, I do find myself, you know, having a conversation with my mom, with my dad. I get food with them. We go out and do fun stuff. But it's not frequent. And I feel like, especially with losing both my grandpas within three weeks, it, like, teaches you that time is only – time isn't real. <laughs> Something, time is a social construct. T time is a social construct. Anything can happen at any time. It does not matter – the duration of it, it just, things can happen in a heartbeat. And that's the crazy part. And I realized that pretty harshly when literally I'm losing family left and right within a short span of time. And you think that you would need some like mental and emotional recovery from one, but then you got a couple within the short span of time. Now you don't know what to do with yourself. But sometimes, you know, I think about my one of my grandpas telling me that sometimes you just got to, ease have a beer have a shot have a meal sit down just enjoy what you have now because younger me didn't really think about that younger me was so you so focused on tomorrow you don't know what you got today that's like a value that i lost and luckily i've been able to recover some of that lost time but if i would have known earlier that what you have in your life right now whether it be family friends or anything else like if they're still here with you and you still get to spend that quality time that everybody so loves to hype up about then fucking use that quality time i mean it's not to take advantage of it yeah what you were saying about death essentially happening at any moment i mean i didn't experience what you experienced tomorrow but knowing that death can be at any age i think that's something that i would tell my younger self specifically college self like losing a friend when you're all the same age is really heartbreaking because it's like they had a whole life ahead of them 
and it got taken away from them. And you can't do anything about it. You know, whatever circumstance it was, illness, mental health, personal decisions, accidents, a pandemic, even. I don't, I, I'm trying to think of what I would even tell myself. Just part of it is just like tell myself that that happens and that that's not to normalize it, but it happens. That young people can die too. And in that essence of taking life for granted. And that was, that was, that was hard to lose someone who is young. I think just because, yeah, they have, the, they have this whole life that they could have lived and maybe you didn't spend enough time with them or whatever it was like that we've been talking about. But telling myself, younger self, like, don't let their death drag you down because that's not what they would want you to do. And unfortunately, I let that happen. It affected everything. School, I like, I got so many incompletes that semester and everything else. And like, I know that's not what my friend, I know that's not what my Odding would have wanted. He would have wanted all of us to stay focused and keep our head high. Same thing with like my grandfather too. Any death hits really hard, but like they wouldn't want you to, like you get to live your life still, young Avery. Don't not live your life just because they're not here anymore. Live your life for them. All right, yo. And with that, that will conclude this week's episode of Wine Thursday Podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. And if you loved it so much, please, by all means, check out our previous episodes, especially the one that we dropped last week on mental health in the POC community. That was a bop for a lot of people and spoke volumes, and I hope it does for you too. But before we go, quickly, all of us here in the podcast, we all respectively stream our own genre of entertainment. So if you'd like to give us a follow, on Twitch, I put links in the description. But if you want to check us out, I'm twitch.tv slash x underscore Mars Bars underscore x. Avery Balls Balls underscore. I am Papaya with three A's at the end. Baby Bangs with two G's and a Z. Yes, sir. And without further ado, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope to see y'all on next week's episode. We're going to have a very special guest with us. We're going to have our boy, Chef Chef Dylan. Dylan. He's going to be coming through. And we're going to have a good talk. So if you don't want to miss that, don't miss that episode. Pull up. I pull up. (laughs) Yeah. Without further ado, thank you so much, y'all. And a cheers for this episode. Cheers. Peace.